Hello and welcome to FPT TV. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And we are talking things football, especially the Premier League and our teams, Arsenal and West Ham. Ian, it was a bit of a, a crap weekend for the pair of us. Not great results from both our teams. There's a lot of stuff we need to cover. Um, just, I don't know. How, I don't know about you, but I just feel flat today. Uh, you've you've obviously had a day longer to to recuperate. <laughs> no, I don't. I tell flat. you what, I, I I'm still uh, taking that result as a one-off and the Newcastle as well. I'm still quietly quite happy with how our season's going. To be fair, it's not. It wasn't a great result. It wasn't what I expected. But but I'm actually quite. I'm quite content for once. Whereas I'm just not quite bottom of the pile, but it it feels like it. It really does. Um, but yes, we shall go on to one of our regular fixtures. One good, one bad. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing one good, one bad, one bad first. I guess okay. so. Uh, sorry, I didn't, know. <laughs> I didn't know what else we were doing. Um, Oh no, um, no, I tell you what, let's let's reverse this. Let's reverse okay. this because I did muck it up. I've missed a vital thing here, haven't I? <laughs> Goal of the week. Yes, Sorry. so one of our regular features, Goal of the Week. We every week we run a Twitter poll. Uh, it's either gonna be myself or Ian that runs the poll, depending on who's available. We had some good contenders for Goal of the Week this week. We put the poll out to uh, to the big Twitter sphere. I thought you were going to say we put the goal out to VAR uh, and it come back as it was oh. offside. It was <laughs> twice, twice, but they still gave the bloody goal. Um, so we put the uh, the goals out for the poll this week. We had uh, Paul Pogba, yep, uh, Manchester United, uh, Human Song, the Spurs, Jamie Vardy for Leicester, and Zaha's first goal for Crystal Palace. Mm. The people have answered, Ian. Go on. Hyunmin Song. Was a belter. Was the, the goal of the week winner. Congratulations, you bloody git. I've got to say, I was, I, was, I, was texting, I was texting Dan yep. uh, when that goal went in. And the, I, got, I got a three-letter word back from him. He just said, how? That was it. Here's the thing, right? Is you know he can shoot from there and everyone just let him shoot. But it, it it was it was well placed. The keeper, I think, could have done more. Yeah. If he'd taken a step, I think he would have got some fingertips on it and maybe pushed it onto the post. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, I, I I voted in this one partly because I didn't want Pogba's to win. But <laughs> here's the thing: the reason that I didn't want Pogba's to win was because obviously the ball had gone out of play beforehand. But it was it's not assist of the week. As a strike from that far out, it was it was a brilliant strike. I can't fault him for that. But it shouldn't mm -hmm. have stood, should it? Come on. We'll get into that well, later, though, shall we? Yes. There's yes, a different definitely. segment for that. But no, no, they, they were all belters, I think. Really good goals yeah. this week. Really good goals. Really enjoyable. I think for me, Son and Vardy's would be up there for me. And I think yeah. Son for the, the sheer wow factor. I mean, as you said, the, the defence should have closed him down a bit more and Leno when you look at his position when the ball was struck mm -hmm. just before he turned around and looked to see where he was in his position of the goal and I think he shuffled back a couple more but by not being spatially aware of where he was he left a massive hole 
yeah. uh, for Son to pick and fair play to him, picked it up. But for Jamie Vardy, for me, I think was a great goal because of the, the pace of the ball was put through on. Mm-hmm. He did have a lot to do. He had a defender running down his back and it was a cool, calm, collective finish right on the 90th or 93rd minute or wherever it was. So it's a big pressure. You need to score this for your team to win kind of goal. Yeah. And game set match, as Jamie Vardy has proven several times before. So thank you very much for those who voted in the goal, goal of the week. Uh, we will have another one next week. Always. Well, providing it's not all nil-nil draws. Then we'll have we'll, we'll miss have of the week. Miss, miss of the week. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good job. That's a good job. Timo um, Werner would have won that one, wouldn't he? Oh, my God. Um, I think he hit the post like two or three times and missed some absolute sitters. Um, some good saves as well, though. Yeah. Uh, but he, sh- he should have scored. He should have scored. Um, yes. So, Ian, we're coming on to um, another popular section that featured this uh, on this podcast mm-hmm. well just forget you yeah. you haven't heard the intro already because um yep. right now we've got one good one bad oh. there's a list of things that i can do for our game but your game was first well <laughs> do you know what i've got i'm positive i'm a west Ham fan that's positive if you've never seen one of them before, then you need to subscribe because at the moment it's happening. My 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 one good is the first sixty minutes of that game, especially the first half, first 45, 50 minutes. We were dominating Manchester United. We made them look silly. Um, we could have easily been four or five goals up, and should have definitely been two nil up uh, at half time. So, but that brings me quite nicely into the one bad, which was um. We're just not prolific enough. Like when you look at uh, at teams who win titles, they would have killed that game off in the first half. We're just not. We weren't at that level to be able to kill off Manchester United, and they are sort of comeback kings at the minute. And that's exactly what they did. So hmm. oh, fair play to them. I mean, okay, if we'd lost by a goal, I would have been annoyed because the first one should have been off. But actually, um. We didn't. We didn't kill the game off where we should have done. We hit the pose a couple of times. Sebastian had a. That's all I'm going to say about that. Like, how can you do? Is that that weird little toe poke? How... Sort of. The, the toe poke uh, was from four nails that hit the post. That oh, was that was close. Um, I was annoyed that David de Gea wasn't playing. To be fair, this is like a quick recap now because he doesn't make saves. Where Henderson made a number of good saves, kept him in it, but Sebastian Haller. Took the ball down really well, done the keeper, open goal, and fell over, unchallenged. Like how? Oh, there is no doubt in the ability he's got to strike a ball. He can hit a ball and he can hit it hard, um, really well. But there's more to being a professional footballer than being able to strike a ball, and he just hasn't yeah. got the rest. So he was our record signing. Did we get done? I think so. Uh, there's nothing new there. I say that should have definitely been 2 0, but we could have been quite easily four or five up at half time. Um, but we're just not prolific, prolific enough, which is a bad, I suppose. It's not it's not good not being prolific, but it's just unlucky. On, a, on another day, yeah, another uh, well, on another day, I think we would have put a couple away 
just the way it goes we're we're still we're still sitting pretty up up the top top end of the table sitting quite close if we had one we would have gone third didn't work out but it's the west ham way well to be a west ham fan right this very second which leads very nicely on to the one good one bad for the arsenal versus spurs game london derby or north london derby mm-hmm. against our bit of rivals um, if you haven't already seen as well, we, we do uh, weekly previews to the Premier League games uh, where we use some background knowledge of the, the head-to-head fixtures, uh, previous results, starting lineups, and we've uh, just started using the aid of FIFA 21. Um, if you haven't already checked them out, if you want to go see what they're all about, just go check out our previous videos and there will be more to come each week. Um, <clears throat> so yes, in my prediction, uh, I went to FIFA 21 with my predicted lineup, and it came out as a 3-1 win to Spurs. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a couple of runs that I did, and each time, I think the closest we got was a one-all draw, and that was the last one I did, which was yesterday morning. So it gave me a little bit of positivity. Um, <clears throat> granted, most of the time, they did come up as wins for Spurs, but because of that, one there was a little bit inside of it, it was like oh form goes out the window no it didn't um <clears throat> so the one good i think we can take away from that game yesterday was we dominated possession and i think for the most part other than sticking the ball in the back of the net we did play quite well it was quite a dominant performance the bad is uh we're still not creating clear-cut chances and we're not being prolific enough. So exactly, I think to what you were saying, I think oh we had eleven shots on target yesterday. Yep. Um, sorry, eleven shots on goal, only two on target. Mm-hmm. There's two on target. Lacazette, had he continued his run, could have got a toe on it. It would have been a goal. Um, and I think the other the other one was a Bamiyang header. Or I, I, do you know what? I was so annoyed yesterday. I was this close for it to be switch, switching football off for the rest of the season and switching my team to like Grimsby Town or something just because we were absolutely diabolical. Um, but yeah, so the one good for me is um, it was a very dominating performance in terms of possession, but possession doesn't win your games. It, it does. I've got an interesting stat for you, Mike. Um, and I would quite like to know your opinion on it because it does it has to do with everything Arsenal. Now we all know a, a throw in, right? And how to do a throw in? Right, as a yes. professional footballer, you should be getting them right. This season alone, there's been sixteen foul throws. Hector yep. Bellerin, he, Bellerin, Hector Bellerin has been responsible for five of those. Yep. So, is it the case? I mean. He reminded me of playing FIFA, to be fair, because none of the through balls he put through went where they should have gone. He can't throw the ball without giving away a foul throw. Do you take him off a throw-in, or does someone need to sit him down and go, this is how you make a throw-in, mate. Keep both feet on the floor. Just stand still and do it. You don't have to run. We know, we know you've got little arms. Don't have to throw it a million miles. Just throw it to our player and get back in the game. Personally, I'd say drop him for a couple of games. I did think that might be your thing. That's what I'd do if I was a manager. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it was it was good to see that the boss had obviously had enough. Um, or there was there was two there was two reasons for him being substituted. One, 
that he was playing poorly and needed to come off mm-hmm. and needed to be told that because you've been playing quite a lot recently in the Premier League, it doesn't guarantee you a start. If you're playing shit, I'm taking you off. <clears throat> so that was theory number one. Theory number two is, is that obviously we were desperate for a goal. So we'll chuck on another striker into the mix. Yep. So, I mean, it could have been a combination of both both of those things, but personally, I think it was he's playing terribly. He needs to come off. He's he's not been great over the last few games. There's a few players that I, I want to call out for, for Arsenal, which have been pretty poor recently. William, Xhaka, um, Bellerin, and Aubameyang. All, all of them have just seemed to kind of given up the ghost already this season. We're only 11 games to it. Um, we've got some difficult fixtures potentially coming up in the next couple of weeks. So we've got uh, Everton, Southampton coming up. We've mm-hmm. got Burnley this weekend. We've got a cup game against Man City. We've got um, the Europa League or the final Europa League game coming up this week, which we're already through on that. So it's kind of irrelevant. But my God, those players need an absolute rocket up the backside. Some people need to be dropped. Um, for, for starters, Willian wouldn't make my team this week. Uh, Bellerin, as I said, wouldn't make my team. You, and you've got the choice. You've got uh, Cedric Suarez, who got brought in for uh, brought in in the summer as cover in the right back position. But we've also got Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who done really well in the Europa League as well, though, didn't he? Yeah. I don't know what what's happened. I don't know why he stopped playing. He he's so hit and miss, and that, that's his problem. Is is his consistency? When he plays brilliant, he is outstanding. When he's bad, he's bad. But I think give him a, a, a run of games over the next few weeks because whatever system we're playing, it's not working. Do you know? Do you know what the other player I would drop if I was Mikel Arteta would be Aubameyang. When Enketia come on, passes that you were putting in were accurate, they were fast, and they were forward. So I, I, I like Lacazette playing that little bit of a deeper role. I think he did quite well, mm-hmm. and it, at times he pushed up so it was like a 4 4 2. But him and him and Enketia, I would put on with Ainsley Maitland, I was playing that wing back if he didn't want to play the three across the back. I, I, I don't know why he doesn't do it. I don't know whether they don't perform in training. I don't know whether it's a case of. We play the big names all the time. Aubameyang, he has got the ability to change a game. But he's been awful. He's not even a tenth for the player that he was last year. I, no. No one knows what's happened with that or why that's happened. But maybe dropping him for a few games to, go to say to him, look, just take some time out, gather yourself, and let's kick on in a few games. Playing him against Burnley, I wouldn't. That's a difficult game. A real difficult game against some solid defenders. And I know they're not doing great at the moment, but they've now started to get some first-team players back. And they're a, they're a hard team to beat. They will sit in and they will they will kick you and they will be on you all game. And for a, a striker that's lacking uh, confidence, it, it is what it looks like to me, it's not the game to play him in. Hmm. I, I completely agree. Do you know what my my theory would be is to play him in the Europa League game. Yeah. Play Aubameyang in the Europa League game this week because we're coming up against Dundalk in Ireland. I think it is. Let him and score six. It's gonna be. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's it. Get, give them a bit of confidence. Um, stick them on. I know a, a fair play to the boys that have done the, the Europa League campaign so far, because you can only beat what's in front of you. But we've absolutely romped that. There's been a couple of times we've conceded a couple of silly goals, but we've gone five for five so far. Mm-hmm. We're already through to the next round. But Lacazette, uh, sorry, not Lacazette. Well, in fact, Lacazette and Aubameyang they need to start scoring in the Premier League. And I think the best way to do that is going to be to stick him against the lesser opposition. Yeah. And I think they'll appreciate it as well because they'll be coming up against their first team. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not every day you get to play in Arsenal with a Bamiyang and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. It's all kind of... It makes it a more competitive game because yes. they, will up their, they will up their game, think, especially the defence thinking that actually this is my opportunity to maybe get scouted against someone. There's going to be eyes on this game somewhere. Mm. If I can man-mark Aubameyang out of the game, that might be the, the difference between playing with Dundalk or playing in a top, top-tier top championship side, you know? Mm. Something like that. It's and But that that would be my logic. It mm. would be no, it makes to sense. get him scoring, scoring in the Europa League just to get the confidence back to know where the goal is. Mm. Um, and then, as you said, potentially drop him for the game against Burnley. Uh, stick with the likes of Enketia or Lacazette up top, or both of them where Lacazette plays a deeper role. Yeah. Give um, Ainsley or Reese Nelson the chance to play out on the left. Oh, sorry, on the right wing. Saka uh, out on the on the left wing. On the right, yeah, the opposite wing, <laughs> um, because. Just whatever system is being played, Xhaka as well. Drop him like a bad habit. Get him <laughs> back in the team for me. Honest yep. to God, Xhaka has been a poor. Um, I felt I've just rambled on about Arsenal too much. No, no. that was going to be. But I know you said we've rambled on it about enough, but I, I feel like it's productive. I, I feel like it's letting you vent it out a little bit. Um, now, the, Joe Sabarino was seen giggling on the on the the touchline, but I think that was because he was 2-0 up when Ceballos absolutely powered a, a, a pass back to Leno, who, who just caught it, which is a pass back. He didn't get given yes. as an indirect free kick. But but I know you're supportive of Ceballos, and he, again, he, he's, he likes a bit of shithousery um, and can put in some key passes. But again, another player who the end part of last season, I thought, I, I agree with you, was very, very good. But this year doesn't look up to the standard. No, and it, to be honest, I'm not... Because him and Jacko were, I think, were a formidable partnership last year. Mm-hmm. They were absolutely brilliant. There was more of the creative midfielder pop about Danny Ceballos and Jacko was more comfortable allowing him to go... Jacko was allowing Sabias to go forwards, yep. and he would have the defence covered. But at the same time, Sabias would also track back in order yep. to help cover the defensive positions. Um, I'm not sure if it's a lack of starting of games that's getting Sabias all riled up, because we know there's been some issues with temper and stuff previously at the start of the season. We saw it. Um, we've heard about the recent incident at the training ground a couple of weeks ago. And I think that boils down to frustration about not being able to display what he wants to do. Yep. Personally, I don't... He's he's definitely not hit the heights that he's hit previously yet. Um, and I know whilst our league position doesn't 
bode well. I still think there's time enough for us to find the right lineup. We'll have a few more players back from long-term injuries that I think will create more, that will push the team on more. Um, and we may start to see the best out of some players, but certainly William's been well off the ball from the player that we saw at Chelsea um, last year. He just seems stripped of any confidence whilst being on the pitch. I'm not sure why that is. Um, Xhaka, as I said, it's just been poor the last few games. And it's weird because at the start of the season, he was he was reasonably solid. Mm-hmm. But he started coming out with his stupid rugby tackles, his stupid <laughs> tackles in general. Spurs were in a position yesterday, and this is, this is the bit that frustrates me, is that they're 2-0 up, we are chasing a goal, and we are getting desperate for goals in open play because we've hit one or two in the last month. And that was, uh, sorry, one in the last month. And that was Gabriel against, oh, who was he against? Villa? No, it might have been Wolves. Right. Whoever it was. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's got the header in open play. But, um, and the last goal before that was Abamyang. Abamyang's penalty against United. So we're scrambling around for a goal that the team is stripped of confidence. Spurs were playing a Marino masterclass yesterday in the fact that they sat back, catches on the counter-attack. At any time any player got tapped, that's it. They were going down like a sack of shit. And he still persists to do it. Yeah. Wires up. The, the, I tell you what, the, uh, and a player who wouldn't get normally get much praise from us being a, a Spurs player. He was formerly from Southampton, but I think he's really he's impressed me this season at Spurs. He's uh, Hoiberg. Yeah, uh, absolutely brilliant. He's got that little sort of he knows he knows all sort of the the dark dark arts as the the ex professionals call it, but he's solid passing. puts his passing in right, puts his tackles in right. Doesn't do much wrong. Knows how to push buttons of players and gets around the pitch. And and for me, yeah. he he he's one of those who, who's sort of an unsung hero, I think, because he does the bits that he does the dirty work and the and the groundwork. Yeah. But none of the fancy stuff, none of the goals or the assists really come from him. But I thought he was yeah. brilliant. I I agree. He was. Um, he certainly ruffled some feathers yesterday. <laughs> um, fair play to him. Um, just, just a fair play to Spurs yesterday. It definitely showed the uh, the golfing quality between the two teams. They had recruited well during the uh, during the last transfer window or the summer transfer window. Mm. Um, and I, I do have one one more for you before we move mm-hmm. on. <coughs> Sorry, I feel like I've got a burp coming, but I can't quite get it out. Um, Thomas Party was seen being pushed by Arteta and shouted out to get back on the pitch and play ball. As he yep. walked himself off, he was quite clearly injured. He limped back in mm-hmm. with his run to try and get back into play for the Spurs goal. Um, but he, he'd only started training on Friday and he was already in the starting lineup. Do you think that was rushed back? Because you really, I mean, the, the passes he did put in and some of the bits he did do were quality and, <clears throat> oh, mate, there it was, um, and much above what was the, the level of Arsenal. He was, a, he was a cut above that for sure. So what what's your opinion on on that? Was it too too soon to return from injury, or do you think it was just a case of he maybe should have only played the first half? Or I don't know. Well, he didn't even make it through the first half. He had to be stopped. Oh, but um, 
there's there's two sides to this and i've heard or I've been listening to some interviews with with the manager and um, various different podcasts and stuff that i've been listening to and stuff on youtube and um <clears throat> apparently to, to one side he was declaring him so he started um coming back or when even on my preview i said that um i think it was going to be too soon for him to to come back because there was talks about him not being able to be uh, available for election until january mm-hmm. at the earliest yep which i thought would have been a realistic time frame and then i heard from someone that he said he's about, he's going to be back in training and there's a, a potential that he was going to be selected for this weekend now yep. when i heard that i i was kind of a little bit astounded that we're hearing one side of things that he's he's the injury was more serious he's going to be out until january and then oh no he's back in full a full squad training or full team training and he's going to be available for selection with him just coming back and i appreciate the the nature of the, the derby games but I personally wouldn't have started it. I, I personally wouldn't have started it with him full stop. He for me would have been a second half substitution. So I would have started with Xhaka and Ceballos. I would have started with that. Yeah. Because I, that builds then that little bit of uh, consistency that we have seen over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then give, depending on how we were going, give Thomas Partey the. 25 30 minutes in the second half so he doesn't potentially aggravate his injury but no i think the occasion got to the better of the manager however from reports that we've heard he declared himself fit he wanted to play in that game and yeah it's it's obviously not good because it's the same same area injury do do you know do you know what and i I was thinking about this all weekend his Thomas party it seems to be the cut above in terms of midfielder. Is what you thought Granite Xhaka was going to be when he first arrived, but he's he's not quite turned out to be to have that sort of quality. He's he's a solid player. He can put in a big tackle, but he's not got that killer instinct. Is is how I'd probably describe it. The Thomas party from the few games I've seen him play in the Premier League has he, he can pick out a pass he can he can hit a ball can't he bloody hell mm. um but uh tracking back to a few episodes ago we talked about obviously the the spurs amazon documentary i don't know if you've watched it yet it was brilliant where jose Mourinho was saying about being a cunt now i said that quietly i might bleep it i might forget to bleep it so that's why i've said it <laughs> quietly um He's talking about not being a nice player. You're too nice. You've got to rile up. Even if it's for 90 minutes, you've got to be horrible. Um, Arsenal don't seem to have that at the moment. Sabios has got it in him. David Luiz has got it in him. But they don't show it through the whole game. The one player who did show it, maybe in the wrong way, was Gwenduzi. He's out on loan. Do you think he, he's been a difference? Because he did play a lot for you last season. Not always good. Not his attitude wasn't always the best, but bit of a nasty player on the pitch. Bit of a nasty player, and he liked to get stuck in. And he did when he played. He did put shift in. I honestly, I didn't like a lot of the stuff that he did whilst he was playing for us last year. I think this first season he was brilliant, mm-hmm. and he was kind of one of the the shining prospects that we had last year. Uh, I didn't. I think I think the Premier League got 
the better of him. And it was very much like Grealish when Grealish first broke into the scene. Yeah. Villa. I did, didn't like him um, because it was a little bit too big for his boots. Thought the world was his oyster, that he was untouchable. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot for Jack Grealish to be brought down a peg or two. And I think, <clears throat> oh, we've said it previously on previous episodes, that he's turning out to be an outstanding footballer. And I think a couple of seasons, or at least this season away from Arsenal, might bring him down a peg or two because I think he'll be playing more consistently. Get that but, maturity as you grow older that you get naturally as well. But I, th- to be honest, I think that's the last one. Depending on how the uh, the loan spell goes, maybe we'll see. We won't see him again in an Arsenal. But I think it depends on how long Arteta lasts. But I'm sure we'll get yes. onto that in any other business. Absolutely. But in answer to your question, there's there's a few players. I think Torreira was another one. Uh, definitely put a shift in, but he wasn't that nasty player as you put. Um, mm. Yeah, potentially. Potentially, uh... he is. He, he could be. There's also been a number of players, William being one, that have said that they're struggling in training and it's all new to them. These are players that have been around the block a fair bit, played in different countries, different clubs, have said that the training is fantastic, but it's the most technical it's they've ever had it. What's demanded of them is the most that's ever been demanded from, from anyone. And, and say William being one who's played under Mourinho, he's played under... Conte, he's played under um, loads of players. The one, the other one, who got sacked from Chelsea, who <laughs> uh, went to well, Juventus, whoever he went, who ate the fags. Sorry, sorry, that's it. So, yeah. so play, uh, Ancelotti being another <clears throat> one, uh, top world class managers who will demand technicalities from them. Do you think maybe that that Arteta's trying to look at it from too much of a, a, a technical standpoint rather than go out and play ball, give them a little bit of freedom? Do you think maybe that might be hindering the team? Quite possibly. And I think there could be some similarity between him and a certain Le Professor um, in their training styles. And what I mean by that is that when Arsene Wenger first come into the the Arsenal team, mm-hmm. uh, or the Arsenal manager's position, I've, I've watched loads of interviews where you look at the players like Martin Keown, Tony Adams, um, Ray Parler, um, the proper old school boys. Ian Wright was another one, and they were saying that they had this guy come into their um, into their, their camp, didn't have a fucking clue what he was going on about. Um, and at first, it was all kind of like, "What is this? What is this?" And then after a little while, they started, or certainly after the first season, because I think it was in the second season that he ended up winning uh, the title, but. Um, they started seeing the fruits of his labour. And I, I think because of the way this year has been so interrupted by, um, obviously, the, the pandemic, I think it's it's very difficult for those sorts of plans to be able to to embed. I mean, we, we definitely saw something at the end of last season. Whatever it was last season, it may be the new manager, uh, everyone wanted to impress. They had to fight for their position. Now, whilst this potentially could be, ah, what the hell's going on? In a couple of games' time, we may see something click, yeah. and 
then everyone goes, oh, fucking hell, this is it. This is the new Arsenal way. Um, I'm hoping that is the case. <laughs> I don't know whether it will be the case, but I've, I'm, I'm fingers crossed. It, it may be. Is, is, is it just a simple case of you can't teach an old dog new tricks? Maybe. I, I don't, I don't it, know. It may be a know. case of just the, the run of games that have been on. That the confidence is low, and it will take just one or two results to be strung together, and all of a sudden you're, you're high flying again. And it, Man City looked horrendous to start the season. They've put one or two results together, and actually look back to their old ways, don't they? It hmm. could be as simple as just a, a little bit of confidence needed, maybe a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Possibly. The, the, trouble, so. the trouble is, right? Here's the thing: as we say, oh, it, it could be as simple as stringing two two games together. People go, oh, that's an easy game, or we should win some points there. There are no easy games in the Premier League, and and especially being Arsenal playing not particularly well, you're still a big name. It's still a scout to take, so everyone will be up in their game for those fixtures as they do against all the big six. So what what was a hard game becomes harder. So stringing a couple of results together when you're low on confidence is, is extremely hard. And I feel for Arteta because I, he comes across as a really nice bloke. As a, as a coach at Man City, he looked like he knew what he was doing from that documentary and seeing him on the sidelines yep. for uh, his interactions with the players, some of his, his interviews that he's done. And same at Arsenal with his interviews that he's done are brilliant. And you, there's nothing you can... I don't think you can dislike him. No. Um, it, it, it's, if you if you do, it's very hard to. But at the end of the day, it's a results-driven business. So I, I want to see him succeed at Arsenal. I really do. Uh, a bit like Frank Lampard is succeeding at Chelsea at the moment. That may all change if if it all falls apart in January. They get a few big injuries. Um, he's got he's got to change something, and. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know what that is. A fans coming back is only going to make it worse. Well, I'd say worse, harder because they're going to let you. They're going to yeah. They're going to let you know when they're not happy. Um, and I, I think, and I, I said this a couple of weeks ago. I think even before the announcement that the fans will be going back into the stadiums, is that maybe it's just got to a point now where the players are finding it so difficult to g themselves up for a game and I know it's not an excuse in fact if it is their excuse it's a fucking piss poor excuse um, because other teams are managing to to pick themselves up and rise to an occasion whether it be to no fans to 2,000 fans or whatever it is mm -hmm. there are teams that have been able to do that um, but we don't know how it's affecting the players obviously we can only speculate feel a little bit sorry for them it must be so hard doing their job, earning their thousands of pounds a week. But it may be really, really difficult for the players to cheer themselves up for an occasion. Um, and I think when you've got fans coming back into the stadiums, granted, when it's your opposition's fans, it does make it possibly a little bit harder to cheer for the opposition. Um, so we may start seeing some positive results back at home again. Mm -hmm. um, and... I hope that this game against Burnley at the weekend, we are playing. I'm hoping that this is going to be the kick-on that we need. Or that the players need in order to, to get some positivity back into, and confidence back in themselves. Yeah. I mean, as a, <laughs> uh, see, I, I sit on the fence because, obviously, 
a lot of you guys are Arsenal fans. It, it, it has become almost a second team for me because when we go to the pub, it's oh, West Ham might be on, but Arsenal's usually on the telly and we go and watch the Arsenal EFA Cup finals, you know? So it, yeah. it has become a little bit of a second team for me. Um, not, uh, I mean, I, I, if, if I'm honest, I'm loving it a little bit that you, you're struggling. <laughs> Uh, and that actually you feel my pain really we've almost switched positions haven't we as to yeah, yeah, the seasons yeah. and what what goes on but but as a as a football fan it is one of the big ones that you like actually as a kid growing up you remember arsenal being playing this fancy football and and i mean that i remember arsenal Wenger when he, when he was in his prime so to speak and arsenal were one of the big big boys you know and if you beat them then you've done something that doesn't happen very often and it just it just feels like it, when you come again up against Arsenal, you're like, oh, this is three points ready for the taking here. It's this is primed, and you look forward to the match day rather than going, oh, if we get a point, we'll be we'll be lucky if we get a point. And it, that that fear has gone from certainly from fans, and I think that transposes to players, whether <laughs> there's fans in or not. I, I would like to see you back up at the heights, challenging for fourth spot as you claimed it as your own for so many years, but. At the same time, I love it. So, as a, I don't know, as a neutral, do people like it? Do they hate it? Maybe that's a poll we should run. Yeah. Are you loving Arsenal's decline? Manchester United. Right <laughs> <laughs> well, Manchester United have failed, didn't they? When when you look at that, mm. when when um, Ferguson left, and they, they're still not at the levels they should be. They're getting there slowly. They are getting there slowly. But they're still indifferent in results. It could be a long old journey for for Arsenal if 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 they can't correct it now because you don't want if you if you do the unspeakable and drop down to the championship, which the way you're going and the way you're playing is looking more and more likely you're going to be in a relegation scrap, and there's not many of those players who've been in one of them before. Um, certainly not in the Premier League. Are they up for it? I wouldn't. I wouldn't put my money on them. No. And at that point, I, I this is worst case scenario, right? I'm talking. If Arsenal fall out of the Premier League, you're going to League Two. And the reason I say that is your owners don't really want to put money in now, do they? They're reluctant to. Where they know they're not going to get that return back, they're not going to put money in. They're going to sell to try and make as much money as possible. They may sell the club uh, to someone else who does pump money into it. But at that point, all your big players go. Your youth team is probably too good for the championship. So a lot of them will go. And then what do you replace it with if you're not going to put money into it? You're under 18s? I don't know mm -hmm. if Arsenal... I mean, uh, if I was you, mate, I'd just switch to watching Arsenal women's because they're actually quite good. They are very. Good. They are. They, I reckon they'd be doing a better job in the Premiership than Arsenal men. Yeah, and that's to, to be honest. I mean, I've I kind of hit a brick wall yesterday in terms of how how I'm feeling about the that the whole Mikel Arteta position and where the team go from here. Um, I feel like we're encroaching on our top. We were due to go on too later, but oh, we can just um, go for it, mate. Yeah, go for okay. it. <laughs> but, uh, from, from stuff I was watching yesterday, 
and I kind of, as soon as the game finished, I didn't want to watch any interviews. I just wanted to kind of think about the game um, as little as possible. Mm-hmm. But, but towards the end of yesterday evening, all I wanted was watch the manager's interview, um, ex uh, players' inter- uh, thoughts about the game, reading about what they were saying, listening to other podcasts, listening to what they were saying. Now, I think the general consensus about whether, oh, sorry, how much time the boss gets. I've, I'm very, very, very reluctant to say Mikel Arteta out. There are a lot of people that are calling for his head off. Yet these are the same people that are saying he was the best thing since life once we lifted the FA Cup. And I get this, it is a, um, a results-driven business. And I think I've been pretty consistent in what I've what I've said that I I think some of the players aren't up to scratch. Nicolas Pepe for me has been a massive disappointment from since we signed him. We saw moments of brilliance, but he hasn't hit the consistent performance. Um, going over old ground in terms of players, there's no point. In- um, but I think one of the things that we need to realize or the fans need to realize is the players or there's a few players that were playing under the Wenger era there are a few players that played under the Emery era there was a few players that played under the Jumberg era and now there are a few players playing under the Arteta era it can't all be that the manager is that bad at his job yep or their jobs there are I think some there's some dead wood within the team. Um, and this this comes down to pure frustration um, for a couple of players because you know that they can play really well. And it could be that the entire performance of the team is bringing everyone down. And like you said, once you start getting into a spiral, it's very difficult to get yourself out. Um, but, and, that, and that's why I think we're only a few results away from play. Mm-hmm. But we just need to get that momentum to start off with. So I'm I'm not I, I am going to back the manager for the time being. I yep. think regardless of what happens, I I think he'll be given till the end of the season. I don't think we'll get relegated. Um, I'd be very surprised if we make top eight. Yep. This year, but I think we if we don't make the top four this year. We need to make fucking good effort of the Europa League. Yeah. I'd say if we sit outside the Europa, sorry, if we sit outside the Champions League places, we need to be winning that Europa League. Which could be harder said than done this year because you look at some of the teams who are struggling, Real Madrid's, Barcelona's. You could have a, a horrendous Europa League run. I mean, what what yeah. as as a an Arsenal fan. Mm-hmm. Realistically, I mean, I know some, and get them at every club. Doesn't matter whether you're Sheffield United, whether you're Manchester City. Every club, every year, you get the odd pl- fan who goes. Realistically, we need to be winning the league this year. We had a good season last year. We need to win the league. As a realistic expectation, as an Arsenal fan, where did you see your Arsenal? What, what was what was your target for the season? My target was to get back into the top four and possibly a cup. Okay. Whether it be a League Cup, uh, FA Cup again, 
uh, or the Europa League. I yep. think Europa League would be a nice to do. Mm-hmm. I think we need to, if because let's be honest, unless we go undefeated now for the rest of the season, I think it's very unlikely that we're going to finish top four. Yep. I... The the League Cup is a competition I don't think I've ever seen us win. Mm-hmm. It's a competition I know we have won, but I don't I don't remember us winning the that that trophy in my lifetime. Yep. Or I was too young to remember us winning it. The FA Cup was I, I thought our, our best chance of silverware last year. And as it stands at the moment, I think it's gonna be our best chance of silverware again this year. We don't uh, what well, sorry, we've got Newcastle in the next round of the FA Cup. Um I think potentially that could be a game that we will win comfortably. Touch wood. Um, but we've got Manchester City in the next round of the, the League Cup. I don't fancy our chances on our current form. Mm-hmm. Um, but the FA Cup, you never know. We might hit a turning point towards the end of this year, the beginning of the next year, and the FA Cup kicks on again. But definitely top four was minimum for me. Okay. Year. Okay, that makes sense. The the way I I looked at it for Arsenal was uh, that the, the the top four now. I mean, we had what was known as the the big six, didn't we? Before the Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea, City, Tottenham. That was your your big six. I think you're now more looking at your big eight, uh, possibly your big nine. Um, we've added on to that Leicester Wolves. Who are, have been consistent year on year now and getting better and better. Um, I think Everton have thrown their name in the hat this year with some of the signings they've made. They've backed Angelotti to the hilt. They started off really strongly. Since it's now got colder, some of those players who are used to playing in those nice warm climates are struggling and have, have, yeah. have admitted they're struggling. You likes of your, your James Rodriguez, who is a, 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 he's a baller, but... When it gets to two degrees and you're playing on a Monday Monday night in Burnley, it's a hard, it's a lot harder than playing against Barcelona in the nice humid climate. Yeah. Um. Cause say today, I mean, I went outside and was already shaking from the inside out. It, it's that cold out. So playing in just a shirt, I don't envy them. Um. Well, I do a little bit, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But but so you're in the Europa League, so you you want to be getting to the final of that, really, don't you? As the as the clubs where you look at, it, you go, okay, yes, there are always some some good clubs in it, but semi finals realistically as a minimum, and anything better than that is a bonus. I think FA Cup, mm-hmm. you're right, is a good chance to get some silverware if you get some favourable draws as well. The early stages are easier especially if you draw them at home if you draw them away a bit more difficult with some of the pitches you come across same with the mm-hmm. league cup um it's definitely winnable because a lot of the big teams don't take it seriously unless they're drawn against the big team so again you're looking at semi-finals finals of that i would say but in the league because it's so competitive i would have said europa league with the some of the players you you got out you got in some new players so a little bit of bedding in time say uh, no crowds in so I mean West Ham are thriving on no crowd um, 
I think that's given us a little bit of confidence as a, as a club because one bad result and the West Ham fans are on you. Um, mm-hmm. One good result, they're behind you. But it's, it's interchangeable. Where they've not had that, they've been able to build a bit more of a bond and a bit more of confidence. So I think as the crowds slowly get introduced, we're already playing better, so the fans are going to get behind them. It's only going to lead to better things. But with Arsenal, it's not happened, is it? And and although uh, the Emirates is known as the library to a lot of neutrals and, and away fans, maybe maybe some of those players do thrive on there being a thousand eyes or sixty thousand eyes on them a week. It, maybe there's not as much noise um, as maybe some of some of the other places. But you've got if if that's what's going to help them, then this reintroduction of fans could be the kickstart of your season. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the Europa League game last week, um, it was basically a second-string team. It was a different quality, wasn't it? But my, and again, you can only beat the team. But we looked deadly. Mm. The Arsenal of old. Yeah, it was quick passes, weren't afraid to shoot. I mean, Lacazette's goal was an outstanding goal. But, and that was with, uh, what, 2,000 people in the crowd? I got a little bit emotional about seeing fans back in. And it was so nice not having to listen to that stupid fake crowd noise. I don't listen but to it. To I, honest, don't, I don't listen to I, it. I had to because I, I I couldn't I couldn't listen. I tried it once for about twenty minutes listening to without uh, the crowd noise. And it just it felt it felt like playing FIFA on mute. And no, I, I get frustrated FIFA. with FIFA when I play FIFA on mute though. <laughs> but yeah, I um I had to have the crowd noise on. And it was some kind of normality, but you can't beat having the fans in the uh, in the stadium. And that's why I think this weekend is going to be a massive test for us. A monumental, I mean, shift, yeah. Shift up, the, um, shift up the lineup, stick them in front of the, the 2,000 Arsenal fans and see what happens. Uh, yeah. If it, <clears throat> that, and that, that's, that's the trouble, isn't it? Do you go right? Because Burnley, you know, are going to sit deep. And, and hit you on the counter. So do you go, right, we're going to get a point here because we're going to sit deep as well and it's going to be the most boring game of football ever. But we're going to go, we're going to get a point. We might nick something, but we're going to get a point. And then a the week after that, you've got who, Man City? Was it? Uh, yes, I think that's so the league. At, at that point, do you go, right, let's try and be technical with it? Or do you go, right, let's sit deep and go on the counter. Let's get another point. And then the week after that, right, let's go on the counter again. Let's get three points this week. And then you've got to put a stop to the rot, haven't you? Yeah, uh, so our, our next few fixtures. So we've got Burnley this week, Southampton on the Wednesday. So hard game. this is going to be a busy week for us. Um, so Southampton, sorry, Burnley, Southampton, Everton on the Saturday after. And then just before Christmas, we've got Manchester City. On Boxing Day, we've got Chelsea. Um, and then Brighton. At the end of December, it's we've got a fucking horrible. Run yeah, that's that's and what the, I said. That is bright. Usually, you'd go, "Oh, Brian, we'll get some points out of that." Southampton will get some points out of that. Burnley, we might get a point out of that. All of those teams are. You, you look at it now, you go, oh, "If we get three points out of this, we're going to be that. That's a good turn of results, especially with a formula in." And hmm. I mean, I would say Everton there is your best chance of getting three points. Because of the form they're in, but by that point, I mean Ancelotti's been around the block, hasn't he? He knows how to turn a team around when they're not playing well. 
Yep. He's not he's not gonna stick by his style, he's gonna change it up. He's he's gonna drop players as he did with Pickford. He dropped he dropped Pickford for a game. Since then Pickford's been really good. He ain't afraid to to, to throw people to the wolves. As I said, I want Arteta to exceed succeed. I just part of me wants to give him a hug and go, it's all gonna be okay, but I don't think it is. I, I, I think uh, I think you're gonna you're gonna drop out the League Cup. Personally, I, I can see this happening. You're gonna drop out the League yep. Cup to uh, a reasonable team. Whoever you say is that a City you've got in the next round. You're gonna drop out the City, which you'd go okay. That that swings and roundabouts that could go either way. You could play out your skin, get a result, but chances are City have just hit a, a, a good vein of form. They're gonna knock you out. I feel like you're gonna knock out the FA Cup by a minnow. There's gonna be a giant killing on it. A, having a Waterlooville or a a boring wood or whoever it may be. I can see that happening because he'll go, oh, actually, we've got some good Europa League ties coming up in a knockout round. We need to we'll play a second string team. Europa League, I can see you going out on a, a an away goals rule. Just a one bad result, a good home league, and then the away, or, uh, uh, sorry, a good away league, a, a, one, a solid one or two nil win, and then a silly result at home. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe lateral, maybe quarterfinals ish. And then at that point, you go, oh, actually, our season's in tatters here because we're still sitting 10th. Which, uh, if you're playing that bad, playing the way you are, 10th would be a blessing, I think. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I've, I've been in the boats every season, mate. Every season with West Ham, we're usually in the position you're in. We haven't usually got the Europe to contend with, but in some senses, going out that early may have been a, a blessing in disguise. I think if you'd gone out in the group stage, he would have lost his job already. Because you you performing badly in the thing. I think he's one saving grace is you are romping the Europa League at a minute. Um, but if you go out in the next round, that could be a blessing. Because actually, let's focus on the league and the FA Cup. Don't worry about hmm. anything else. Let's just hammer on with that. <sighs> You've been linked with Christian Eriksen. Who, for me, creative, ticks a box. Uh, can change a game, ticks a box. Will he grind it to the bone to make sure you get the result? Does not tick the box for me. He's he's one of those yeah. who's, who's fantastic to have, but but when it comes to needing a nitty gritty result and grinding grinding out some some wins, it, he's not the man I'd want to be turning to to go. Oh, let's get this win. See, that's that's another thing. How old is he? Is he 28. 28, I want to say. Just, I may be wrong. I'll Google it. I just... I'm not just saying this because of the Spurs connection. Because, I mean, technically that doesn't really bother me because Campbell. Um, I think it's it's going to be really difficult because I, I, he's an, another player coming towards the end of his career. I wouldn't say he was at the end of his career um, with the likes of uh, William and Aubameyang, both 31, 32 respectively. Um, so if he is in the latter stages of his 20s, I mean, he's, yes, he's, got, he's, he's got a peg on him. Um, uh-huh. But we have we have seen it firsthand in certain occasions that he doesn't... Is he going to be another Mesoza? Well, let's put it this way. Last year, he went to Inter Milan, didn't he? On a relatively cheap deal, 
He got one goal and two assists in a very, very strong Inter Milan squad last half of the season in 17 games. He, he didn't score in the Champions League at the three appearances he made this season. Europa League last year, at six games, he got two goals. And in the Coppa Italia, he got one goal. This year, he's, made, he's, he's played seven games. He's not got a single goal or assist. And, and that's arguably the strongest Inter Milan side that there's been in years. And he can't make it work in the Italian League. I think, yeah. That, that, that sounds about right. Let's sign him. Sign him. I mean, the, the frustrating thing for me is the, the whole Willian saga. Um, there were highs and lows of his Chelsea career. A lot of highs. Um, but we saw towards the latter stages of his career, he was getting left out of the team for quite substantial periods. And then he'd come back into the team, start making a difference. I think last year he got something stupid, like 11 assists and eight goals or the other way around, there or thereabouts. And there was part of me, um, even on his first appearance for Arsenal at the game against Fulham, we can look at that now and say that it was the opposition. It wasn't... In fact, no, I'm, I'm going to say it. We, we turned up for that game mm -hmm. and every fan, every Arsenal fan would have got behind him and said, wow, what a, what a, league, what a league we're going to have this year. What a campaign we're going to have this year. Um, and it, it's literally since that day that everything's <laughs> kind of gone downhill. We, we struggled against you guys, but we ground out the... Um, I'm trying to think who the other wins were against. For them? And that was the first one. You mentioned that already. Yeah. Uh... Wasn't Villa? <laughs> Definitely wasn't. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Here's the, here's the thing with that though, right? Like as as Chelsea, he wanted a three year deal, didn't he? And they said, "No, we'll give mm -hmm. you one." So for them to say that, there's obviously something they've worked with him for years. They know what he's about. They know he's either on the wane, or he's looking to retire. He's looking for one last contract. No, we'll give you a one deal. No, all three. If you don't give me three, I'm not signing. So they compromised, didn't they? They said, we'll give you a two. And he said, no, I don't want it. I don't want a two, I want a three. You've come in and gone, actually, you've got, there's something about him. He, he is a match winner. I think maybe three, four years past his, his prime. People want, he's a three-year deal. Has he come to Arsenal to retire? Because he's got the contract. He ain't shit. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I can't speak, I don't know him personally, I don't know his I can't imagine he's short of a few bob, is he? And actually, he's got guaranteed income for the next three years on good money. Yep. Thank you very much. I ain't leaving unless you pay my contract. I ain't got yeah. to put in an effort. Yes, I want to play football, but I ain't going to put in the same effort I did when I was 25 and, <laughs> and run my legs off. Much like Gareth Bauer said when he came back to Tottenham, I ain't the same player as I was six years ago. Seven years ago, I can't make those runs anymore. I play differently. I don't put in that mm. effort. I can't do it. My body's changed. Is William the same? Have you have you I, got have you got a fantastic player? Slightly too late. Quite possibly. And the frustrating thing is, even him being a Chelsea player, I was a big admirer. Mm. Um, you, one of my best mates, he's a Chelsea fan, and he'll tell you the amount of times I've, I've praised. Willian and said to him, oh, I'll be well happy if he was the team. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but again, we're just like a lot of players for us this season, we just haven't seen any consistency 
and I'm I'm honest to God, mate. I'm hoping that something changes within the team's mentality, and it changes quick because it's not sustainable the way we're going. No. Like you said, we could potentially be in a relegation scrap. I don't know. I don't think it will get to that point, but there is a potential for that to happen. Um. But yeah, I feel like we've waffled on about Arsenal quite a lot. We have. We can, should just name this the the Arsenal podcast. Can I have, um, a, can I have a time out quick? I need a wee. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Sorry. I... I need so you saying that we should call it the Arsenal podcast? There's a lot. There's a lot going on at Arsenal that hasn't been going on for a long time. So it, it's food for thought, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's not a great place to be in as a position that. I mean, even under Emery, we we were bad, but we weren't as bad as what we have been. And I I don't like I said, I'll back back the boss uh, as long as we can. And I just hope that things change and change quickly. Um, <clears throat> can, yeah. Shall we move on to one of my favourite segments? Well, the intro is one of my favourite segments. I hate the segment because it makes me angry every week. Can we move on to that one. We've got some things to add to that. I think I think I've got a good one for you. Go on. I might have to sit back so it doesn't blow out your um your your speakers or your I'm, headphones. I'm ready to take it in. Go on, hit me with it. Every time it gets me. It doesn't get old. I feel, I feel like Cartman when they. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it's brilliant. So, so VAR, we, we've yes. we've not seen it applied consistently. Mm-hmm. Ooh, excuse me. This season, we've not seen it applied fairly. Mm-hmm. And against Manchester United, West Ham didn't see it applied at all. They went, "Oh, actually, we've never we didn't think about this one. I'm sure it'd be fine." We're actually when you look at the people, you go, well, "Let's draw this line on here." That ball was about 55 metres out like, out of play. People yeah. say, say about how far the crowd's back. If it was at Upton Park, that would have flown over the crowd. That would have been in row F. <laughs> Just because there's a, there's a, it's an oval that there's space for it to go. It, I, I, unbelievable strike, don't get me wrong. Unbelievable finish from Pogba to, to finish that, as he did. But... That, that was the, the the turning point in the game. That was the catalyst. But once again, VAR has failed to do what he's been brought in to do. Sorry, I started giggling to myself there because I've just got go. What's your issue? And I just went. It's part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we might have to pre-record that. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that one. I'll keep that one in, and then we'll just we'll just use that from now on. But it's un- unbelievable. I. I, th- I think it goes as much to say that um, even the the people who were commentating on on the uh, on the game and then they see the replay, they were like, "Has that gone out? Has that not gone?" When you could quite clearly see it. The fact that David Moyes is the only person watching the ball, right? And he watches it and he looks up at it like that and he looks behind him and then he claps him to like, "Let's go again." The fact that that that's the reaction of the manager. Surely they should look at it and go, hang on, let's look at where he's looking, because he ain't going to be tracking a bloody seagull, is he? Let's be serious about <laughs> this. There's not going to be a ball and then, oh, oh there's, a, there's a seagull six foot to the right. Look at that. Uh, that's not going to happen. So no. 
it's just it, it's obviously an oversight on the part of VAR that they've not thought about that being a problem. Mm-hmm. Are they going to change it? Probably not. Was would the result have been different? Who knows? Manchester United were awful up until that point, so possibly. Um, I mean, the game they did change their tempo when Ashford and Fernandez come on. I'll, I will give them that. The fact they scored three gave me a little bit more confidence. Actually, we were going to lose that game anyway. If it was two-one, could we have scored a late goal? Would there been a bit more of a fight in it? Maybe. Mm. But once again, it's just VAR being dog shit, isn't it? Mm. Let's let's be let's be serious about it. Let's let's be frank about it. At what point are they gonna are they gonna make it right? Are they gonna save right? You in the VAR room, you ain't got a job tomorrow because you were shit. We're paying you an mm-hmm. absolute fortune here and you can't get simple decisions right. Look. See, one of the biggest issues that I've got is that it's referees uh, or officials, sorry, mm-hmm. shall we say, uh, that have got the responsibility of uh, calling the decisions. Now, <clears throat> like it or not, I think when you've got that sort of profession, for um, possibly their, their younger, more inexperienced referee, if they're then being put in charge of a game where you have the, the likes of um, Mike Dean, your Andre Mariners, the, the more experienced referees, for them to potentially turn around and say, yeah, I'm not being funny, you might want to have a look at this decision it's it's gonna they may feel intimidated by the fact of being pulled out in front of national um audiences what that you've uh, got that sorry, international audiences. yeah mm-hmm. and it, it, it could potentially be quite embarrassing and damage the reputation of the referee completely forgetting the fact that the the, the whole point of var was to point out that that is what is there for it's, it's, it's things that are missed get, yeah yeah I mean, they, they they had that incident, where was it, uh, weeks ago? Was it the, the, the Liverpool game where Van Dijk got injured? And I think that it come out that the... They uh, didn't look the, at the decision because it was offside. Said, yeah, and he yep. said, oh, I didn't think it was... I didn't think I had to give that call. Yep. Or it was, there was some incident where the, the, the VAR official come out and said, oh, sorry, yeah. I also got it wrong. Um, and... It's it's embarrassing. It's not it good enough, be, is it? It should be someone completely impartial that's not on that board. Yep. That their job is to look at be at, or look at that footage of that particular game. Well, when you look at Howard Webb and the statement he made at the beginning of the season, and 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 Howard Webb was arguably I mean, he refereed a World Cup final, didn't he? He he was a very very good referee. He sits on a, a, a an international and national boards for refereeing now and decision making. He's he has come out and made a statement to say that the VAR is a completely different skill set to refereeing. And I probably don't get him wrong. Like football manager and FIFA are two football games. They're all about winning football games, but they are two very different skill sets, two very different things. So running about doing it on pitch. Is one thing, and I do think they should have a separate set of referees that are VAR officials and are trained to be solely VAR officials. Uh, yeah. And and they those people should not have any interest, vested interest in football. And what I mean about that is, if you show your nan who doesn't give a toss 
about anything because she's old and say to her is this offside and she goes yep or nope then what's well she might say what's offside in venice that she probably still get a more accurate decision than the var officials at the minute but you show her mm. a foul and go is that a warning or should he not be on the pitch anymore and and she'll be able to say i didn't see anything wrong with that or oh he should be told off a little bit or he shouldn't be playing this game anymore there's your three decisions yes <laughs> here's the other thing in Australia, you can hear every word that the referee says and you can hear what the VAR is saying to them. Mm-hmm. And there's that very good clip of the bloke saying, can you check that for me? Yep, yeah, okay. Am I back on TV? Yep, yeah, because they've got a live feed of it. And, well, I'm going over to the thing. Can you show me this, that, and the other? Yeah, here, here it is. Do you want it for another angle? No, that's fine for me. Am I back on the TV? Okay, that's a red card for you because of this. And you can hear it all. The Premier League seemed to be very reluctant to share that and for what reason i don't know i can only say and this is this is pure speculation it's precursor to that with that is there some sort of fixing going on because why else wouldn't you want people to hear it yep that's fine hear everything we said it's an alternative commentary you have to select to hear it because that's that you don't have your normal commentary you just hear what the referee says also, the amount of players that swear on the pitch, we know that from not having crowd noise in, they should be being booked mm-hmm. by the laws of the game. It is dissent on the football pitch, and it is a bookable offence. They don't book them for it because it causes too much aggro or sponsors for other people. But I would, I would quite happily get rid of commentary to hear what the ref is saying and hear what the VAR is saying. And mm-hmm. I don't see what their problem is with it, apart from something isn't right. They should be transparent unless, with it. Unless you just get to where you are with... I, I mean, even cricket's the same. I'm, I'm not a massive fan of cricket, but it only gets to the point where you get up to the where someone steps in for a review. It's the same with American football. Um, if they want to review a decision, that's the point that it comes in with the, the officials. And yep. I mean, granted, in some sports, you don't hear everything. But you certainly get to the point where it's like, okay, I want to have a look at this. I want to. Um, even just hearing that much, I would like to hear. Uh, I, I, granted, listening to what goes on during the rest of the ninety minutes, it wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be bothered if I heard it or not. But I certainly would like to hear to the point where they go, "Oh, this is being reviewed. This is what's being discussed. Job done." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. There, there needs to be some sort of thing. And I, I do think it's bullshit that we don't hear what is being discussed. For the, for the purposes of listening to people swearing, as you said, you could go back through the, the entire lockdown period where we have been playing games and you can listen to it without the crowd noise. You can hear the manager swearing, you can hear the players swearing. It doesn't make a bit of difference. Um, if old Karen wants to be um offended because someone swore on a football pitch don't don't listen to it yep and but say there are there are two phases that don't like it don't watch it that's fine no one's forcing you to watch it but also Mm -hmm. they should follow the rules of the game i think if they did start booking players for it it would quite quickly leave the game because actually i've got a red card in the in the third minute because i've swore i've sworn that 
him. He's ref's given me a, a yellow, so I've sworn that the ref would give me a yellow, and that actually now I'm off. Mm. I think you'd quite quickly change how the language of the game, but I still don't. I still don't see why they won't. The game have the same point. What for? What reason will <laughs> they not share it? Yeah. If you, it's not a case that they can't share it. Of course they can. You can share commentary. You can hear. You can hear picture cameras and monitors. And it's, it's I, quite I would be very interested to know if when um, teams and stuff they get their their footage back from being able to review the games, the good points, the bad points, mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. I would be interested to know if there is kind of like a, a transcript or the audio to hear what the referees are discussing. Um, because I, I think it, even if that was, sorry, if that I'd imagine case, so. I think that sh- that that should be the case. When you think about it, with when you look at American football, have done it. I know a number of goalkeepers have done it, where they mic themselves up, so you can hear mm-hmm. everything going on in the game. You can hear what they're saying and what they're talking about, and good, bad, and indifferent. There's no reason why you can't mic up. Hang on, two seconds. Right, where was we? Someone needed the Wii. There's no reason why they can't mic up captains. Microphones are very, very little now, and you can get them quite easily and uh, and whatnot. There's no reason you can't mic up your captain, because realistically, he should be involved with every interaction with the referee that involves your team, whether it's with another player and he's telling him off, whether he's, he's saying to you, yeah, that was a foul, so we'll give you a free kick from here, or whatever it might be. So then the captains can capture that audio. The referee has got to do nothing different. Because it, it, I would imagine the captains <coughs> want to know what's going on on the pitch mm-hmm. and, and why, why that decision has been made. You can see him talking to the refs. I mean, you, you look at the referee uh, for the Arsenal Spurs game, was chatting to lots of players and having little remarks and little sort of jokey, jovial bits with each player. A few fist bumps going on. But, but say, they're personable with the players. The fact that some of the decisions go for the players and they like they like it, some go against they don't like it. Yeah, it's part and parcel of the game. They, they should just... It's, it's a microphone. Referee's already wearing a microphone. That's being transmitted through a place to be transmitted to over there. Just put a recording on it. Thank you very much. Job done. Mm-hmm. Even after the game. Let's let's look at these decisions. Release it as a highlights package of VAR highlights from Arsenal Tottenham. With all the commentary from the, the officials. Doesn't have to be during the game, but at least you get an understanding of oh, I didn't like that decision. That was wrong. What were they discussing? I'm sure they would get millions of hits. On YouTube, sorry, pardon me. And I just don't understand why they don't do it, and it frustrates me. It angers me every week. Yeah. Even when it's nothing to do with West Ham, it angers me that they don't do it. Be transparent with it, Premier League. Be transparent. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> couldn't agree more. Um. Other than that, I don't really think there was that many. VAR decisions. I, I get what you're saying about the uh, the Pogba uh, ball going out into row F. <laughs> you, you, you get but some, I, you, I you think... win some, you lose some. It's yes, yeah. I uh, I I think on the, on the whole, it was a pretty oh, it was an okay week. It was an and okay I think week. It'll but... ever be an exceptional week. 
No, yeah, but I think work. I think that's because there was a lack of decisions by VAR. Hmm. Um, yeah, we, yeah. We, we should have put that game to bed, and that 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 whether that happened or not shouldn't have been an issue for us. That that game should have been put to bed twenty minutes before that. So mm-hmm. we've only got ourselves to blame, which is why I'm still a little bit upbeat, you know. Should we move on to something more positive? Yes, let's <laughs> move on to the scores. Um, so for last week we had three games. We had West Ham, Tottenham versus Arsenal, and the final one that was thrown to us from one of our viewers on the live show. It Man was United Herbert versus yeah. Leeds. Uh, so for the first game you had two two. I had uh, 2-1 to Man United, uh, so that was a point to me, zero points to you. For the Tottenham Arsenal game, you had 5-0 to Spurs. I had 2-1 to Arsenal, so that's a point to you, no points to me. Now, this is where it gets interesting with the Chelsea versus... I can't Leeds even game. remember what I said, mate. I'd had a few by then. You, you had 3-2 to Chelsea. I had 3-1. What was the score? Was oh, it was... <sighs> A point to you, three points to me. So that puts this uh, this week's scores four points to me, two points to you, which moves into this season's totals. Uh, Ian, you are currently sitting on nineteen points, yeah, more. and a massive ten point lead on twenty nine points is me. It's coming over. I'm letting you win. I feel sorry. It's the only thing. It's the only positive you've got this season. So. You're allowed Absolutely, it. Mate. Come on, Amy. Uh, so it goes on to this week's fixtures. So you uh, you have got Lee way to uh, I believe that's on this Friday. It is on the Friday, yeah. Week. Yeah. Um we've got Burnley away on the Sunday and also the big game I think this week is Saturday. The Manchester Derby. Yeah. Uh so United at home to Manchester City. So your fixture being first. What are your thoughts and predictions for this game? Difficult game against Leeds. They 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 man mark. They press all game. Um, they can they the they, they, yeah they do they can score a goal. We know that. Um, uh, Antonio's out again, injured with a hamstring. There was a lot of talk about him getting a three year deal. We can go on to that in a bit. But for me, touch and go. Um, if he's playing, it gives me a bit more confidence. I think you should definitely tune in to this week's. Um, this week's lineup prediction because uh, I'll explain a bit more in depth as to how I'd line up and I would change it a hell of a lot. Um, but for me, I'm going to go for a two-all draw again. Okay. Both teams have got goals in them. Both teams can be a bit fragile at the back of as we've seen going into games. I feel like it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a lively affair. Yes, I completely agree. Uh, I think there will be goals in it. I think it's going to come down. To I th- I think with Leeds having the home advantage and they're back into Ellen Road, I believe they're allowed back in there. I know there's still some areas where they're not allowed uh, into grounds because of the whole tiering system, um, and I believe Leeds are, are ones that are allowed to have fans in. Yep. Um, they were playing away this weekend to Chelsea. Yes. Were they away? Yeah. yeah. Leeds were away, so um, I think it's going to be a big boost for Leeds. Uh, I am going to put them as... Yeah, didn't, didn't take that into consideration. It's the first game in the Premier League for 16 years, isn't it, for um, Leeds fans? Yes. So I do think there will be goals because, as you quite rightly said, 
Um, you both can be very offensive, or you have both been very offensive, but you also have been very fragile. But I'm going to give Leeds the slight advantage of this. I'm going to go for 3-2 to Leeds. Fair play, fair play. In fact, if, if, if we finish 3-2 to Leeds, I would say that's... Is what is. I'd like to get a point out of this game. Looking at the fixtures, it's a hard. It's it's going to be a hard game. So, mm-hmm. next fixture on tomorrow, boys, Arsenal versus Burnley. Uh, so, for the the complete ramble on that we had for the <laughs> um, for the Arsenal section, um, <clears throat> this I think is going to be a very tough game for us. It's going to be. We're at home, so potentially again with the crowd being back, it may have an advantage to that. However, on our current form, I don't fancy our chances unless there's something drastic that goes on this week. Like I said, possibly playing um, some uh, Aubameyang in the game against Dundalk, get some confidence back in front of goal. Potentially, we can come out and um, give Burnley a good game and get the fans back on side with a win. I am going to be confident-ish and stick by my boys, uh, but I do think that we will concede a goal. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to us. Fair enough. Uh, I, I, I think you're going to... Here's the thing. I think you're going to score a goal, and I think you're going to score a goal in the first half, but it's going to be ruled off for offside by VAR, and at that point, that's when you're going to see the, the turn. You're going to see that rock coming back in. Um, Burnley have got Nick Pope back fit, Ben Mee and Tarkovsky are back fit so they're going to start being harder to break down again um, I think they're going to catch you out on a counter big Chris Wood header um, so for me that's 1-0 to Burnley ok oh. big game after that or well, before that actually on the Saturday isn't it but it's a, it's a, yes. neut- it's a neutral for us both Manchester yep. Derby Manchester yep. Derby. United at home to City. Blue versus red. Go on. I'll let you take this one first. I think it's going to be... In all honesty, I think it's going to be a white one. I know with derbies, you do have form goes out of the window for it, but we have seen um, United have a pretty hit in this season so far. They have got, um, have they got Champions League this week? Yeah, I think yeah. they have got Champions League this week because uh, I think they still need a point to qualify, do, yeah. possibly. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's not at their advantage. City are already through, so they can team. I think City, again, this coming back to the whole tier thing, I, th- I believe that Manchester is an area where they can't have people back into the crowd or into the stadium as yet. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so I think that doesn't play into Manchester United's favour. City have hit a bit of form. They've looked like the City of last season. United have been pretty hit and miss. So I'm going to go for a 3-1 win to City. Ooh, okay. That's almost similar to mine. Uh, uh, City, I, I thought we were going to romp Fulham at the weekend. And they couldn't quite get... Was it Fulham they were playing? Was it West Brom? It was, uh, it was one of the lower down teams. But they couldn't quite get it going. They scored. They did win. They scored a few goals, but not as many as I anticipated them scoring. Um, they have two 0 or something. Like yeah, that. they have hit a bit of form recently. Um, they do still, however, look a little bit shaky at the back at times. So I, I can see them winning the first half because they are more prolific than than West Ham are, and going three 0 up at half time, and then 
being a little bit lackluster in the second half where Manchester United seems to come alive. I don't think they're going to have enough. I think by, by the point that Manchester United get two, City are going to have wised up and either sit deep or possibly get another. But I've, I've gone for 3-2 to City only for the fact of I think United will bring on uh, a Fernandes and a Rashford and that it, it changes the team completely. They're two quality players that seem to boost that team. Uh, but I just don't think they're going to have quite enough to, to topple City. And it, but... Three two for me. That's that's where we're going to go okay. with that. Perfect. Um, all right. So that's the uh, the prediction sorted. Um, I just want to throw in actually just one thing before we do go on for anyone watching on YouTube. If you don't have the time to sit down and actually watch us on uh, the YouTube and look at our lovely faces and our fabulous kits uh, behind us, uh, we are available on uh, various podcasting screen streams. So. Uh, Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, Acast, uh, Spotify. Uh, so where where if you don't have the chance the chance to sit down and actually watch us, you can take us away and listen to our audio uh, friendly versions. And likewise, if you are on audio only, are available on YouTube as well. Just look for the um, the the kettle trophy. That is uh, that is where we belong. Our videos are all there. We've got various videos on there, various challenges and stuff. A lot of plans for next year as well. So make sure you are subscribed for either the the podcast only version or the YouTube video version. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just want to throw that into there. Only for business. Only <laughs> for business. Sorry, I'm, I'm just trying to make my own thing up here. That wasn't That's clear. Fine, that wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't cleared. It was just. It's foggy out. So I thought fog on. Um. Any other business? Right. So we've uh, we've already covered quite extensively the the Arsenal subject. Um, leading on from a former Arsenal subject, one thing I wanted to talk about: the form or the recent form of Olivier Giroud. Ooh, yes, annoyed me yes. a little bit. Okay. Um, there's reasons behind that. West Ham were linked with Olivier Giroud as a January move. Um, and yep. where he wasn't scoring goals, I thought, hang on, we, I like him as a player. He's won me a lot of money in FA Cup finals. <laughs> That's what I was just about to say. <laughs> but no, not only that, though, is, is he can he knows where to go. He's France's second top goal scorer ever, I believe. Um, he knows where the goal is. He might be getting on in age. He may not be as mobile. But you, you compare him and Haller... I would pick Giroud every day of the week. Right, he scored four in the Champions League. He started against Leeds and scored another. I can't see him being dropped. I think he's going to go on a runner form here. And already we've seen the likes of Inter Milan register an interest. Um, and Barcelona have allegedly registered an interest. Registered an interest. And I don't think we can compete, if I'm honest. And that, that's frustrating me a little bit. So as much as I want to see him come to West Ham in a good vein of form as well, I can't see it happening. If if if, if Chelsea let him go, it will be in the summer. If he's if he's scoring goals, why would you let him leave? Mm -hmm. If he's not scoring goals, but but he has been this close to the transfer window opening again, the big boys are going to come in for him on a cut price deal and. So it frustrates me. I, I like to see him scoring because I like him as a player. I don't like to see him scoring when we're trying to sign him in January. 
Yeah, and I think one of the frustrations for me, as as you quite rightly said, he he knew where the goal. Um, I think with the, with some of the signings that we made at the time, that he was kind of being phased out of the club. I think it was all wrong, and I, I quite openly said uh, to you guys that I was a little bit gutted that he was uh, he was going to go <clears throat> because. I mean, he certainly turned up, whilst he, I don't think he scored in the Europa League final against us, he certainly contributed to the efforts of the team. Um, quite, I mean, he's he's very Marmite, I think, for, for when he does play. Because, I mean, by God can he hold the ball up. Mm-hmm. And as you said, he knows where the net is. Um, <clears throat> he's been out in and out of the team pretty much his entire Chelsea career. But it's it's really weird because those periods where he's been out of the team and then thrown into the team, he starts banging goals in. And I, in in all honesty, I, when uh, my mate texted me the other day to say that the French crops up again with a goal, I didn't quite realise at the time that he'd managed to bag four of the goals. And you look at the goals as well. I mean, there's some goals. classic trademark Giroud goals, near post, tap it in, near post header, um, I mean, he got the perfect hat trick in the Euro in the Champions mm-hmm. League. He got left foot, right foot header, uh, and and another one. Um, <clears throat> and then again at the weekend, manages to to crop up with a goal for a guy that's thirty four years old. He he can still do the business, and um, it doesn't surprise me, as you said, with the with the likes of uh, potentially other clubs coming in from him overseas. I think he's in his final year of his contract with Chelsea anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming up to the end of January, I think other or overseas clubs can certainly register their interest. And if he does get the opportunity to go abroad, I think he will take it. Um, yeah, I think the only reason he ended up staying in London was almost a two finger salute to Arsenal. Because mm. actually, I'm, he was doing a job for you. He'd won you. He'd mm. won you FA Cup. He'd been consistent in the league for you for, for a number of years and you'd gone, oh, we've got this other Frenchman in actually, um, so you can get on your bike and go somewhere else. And he's gone, act. Hey. He doesn't even make it into the French team. Yeah. And you're like, well, okay, so I'll go, I'll go to the other London club then that's after me because there were a number of other clubs that were in for him then. And he's done it, he's done it against you, hasn't he? Hmm. He, he's he's gone. I can still do this, and I, can, I will continue to do this year after year after year. But yeah, I, I, unless he doesn't want to move from London, that that might be a thing going for us. But I, I can't see it. If you go right, where do you want to finish your career? Do you want to finish it at West Ham or Barcelona? Well, it's gonna be Barcelona, isn't it? Or West Ham or an Inter Milan? It's gonna be an Inter Milan. And I wouldn't, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't hold it. I wouldn't hold it against him. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to see him in Claret and Blue, but I would not hold against him. I think I think the difficulty that you're going to have is with his age. And I, I know we're moving into that period now where because of the the science behind sport has moved on so much, uh, certainly in the last 10, 15 years. Um, I mean, you could look at players that were getting into their 30s and having to call time on their careers because of hamstrings and... Um, their weight being an issue and all that sort of stuff. But because so, athletes are so finely tuned nowadays, they are going into their mid, mid-30s now. Well, they can't play every game, but they're certainly making yep. a bloody good go of it. So I'd be very surprised if he goes anywhere for 
more than a one-year deal. Yep. And, and like you said, I mean, it may be the case happy the family is settled in London and might not want to move. But if it's just for one year and that's going to be your your final salute to, to your playing career, why not take it overseas? Well, I'm sure most, most, most clubs now would go, that's fine. You do that. We give you two, two, three days off on a trot. You fly back to home, so you do four days with us, three days at mm. home. Milan, Milan's what five hour flight? It, they're not strapped not for cash. That, I, I, uh, I think it's about three, three and a bit hours. Me and the missus did it a couple of years ago. I mean, honestly, I've, it was I've done that hard. commute to do nineteen miles before in traffic. Like, you know. That's, I'd much rather be flying to Milan than I would be sitting in a... It was cheaper for us to get a return flight to Milan than it was to, to drive to Scotland and back. Yeah. So, let's see, that, at that point, um, I, would love to, I would love to see him at West Ham. I've said this, uh, and I will continue to say, I'd love to see him at West Ham, even if it isn't a one-year deal. And say, look, we don't want you to play every game. We want you to come on for the last 30 minutes. <sighs> Pardon me. We want you to come to the last 30 minutes and we want you to, to bang in a goal. And I think he'd go, if the money's right, I'll do just that. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. We will start you occasionally. We'll start you in all the, in all the cup games and, I, and that, and we might start you, start you in the old Premier League game. Fantastic. Uh, if it's a one-year deal, he's happy with that. If, every, if he's happy to do that and would happy to be to, to agree to that, then by God, Gold and Sullivan need to pull their finger out and get it done sharpish, you know. Day one of January transfer window opening, get that deal done. Yeah. I mean, if you for, don't, for that, he could certainly go for a one and a half year. January. One, one and a half year. Best is hmm. it, say one and a half year deal, the end of the next season. But he's a proven winner. He's a proven goal scorer. Hmm. And yes, okay, he might have lost a yard of pace since he was 28. 27, but he still knows where the goal is. And he's got a mean scorpion kick. Yeah. But you but you when you look at the testimonial games where pe- like players are played in their, their 50s, 60s, and you look at some of the ex-professionals, they might have lost all the pace, but they can still ping a ball 60 yards and put it on a sixpence. Mm. They, can, they still know where the goal is. <laughs> you don't lose that. If you... Yeah, and and it is sheer natural ability. Some people have it, some people don't. He has got it in abundance, scoring mm. goals. Get him in. I I I think fair play to him. I I think it's it's a testament to him as well because um he's been through the the being dropped not not by one manager, not by two managers. Mm. It's got to be about three or four managers now, mm. three managers. Uh, over his time over the London clubs and he's um, I think one thing that has definitely come out from certainly the managers that you have heard heard tea back in that you have heard from him is his level of professionalism yep is that it will always put the shift in in training and when he gets his chance um, to play on the pitch I, I think he certainly recently he's definitely grown by both hands and running with it and fair play to him mm-hmm. uh, just wanted to give a, a salute to, to the old gorgeous Frenchman uh, that is Olivier Giroud um, the other thing I wanted to speak about is something that's certainly dawned on me over the last couple of 
is Spurs. <clears throat> yep. Um, what do you think of Tottenham? <laughs> Shit. Well, no, they're not. Actually, no. they're quite good. It ruins the charm yeah. a little bit, doesn't it? Um, and, and in all seriousness, that is leading me on to my next question, which is what do you think of their title chances? Uh, this year. Now here's the thing: when we when we made predictions for beginning of the season, I said Chelsea, didn't I? But, but Tottenham was no, a very. Did I say City? You said City. I went Chelsea. Oh, okay. I knew it was one of them. I can't remember now. A long time ago. I know. I know. I seriously considered Tottenham as contenders, and the reason I say that is not because of their playing squad, because that hasn't really changed much. They've brought in a few players. Um, no one you'd go. Oh, actually, that's ten times better than what they had. They've dropped Deli Alley, who arguably was one of their better players when they were really pushing for the title. But they have brought in, in my opinion, the best manager left managing in the world, in Jose Mourinho. He is a serial winner. People don't like the way he plays all the time. And, and you could say, against you, the second half was very, very negative. However, they won that game 2-0. If I'm winning 2-0 every week, I don't give a monkey's how our team's playing because I'm winning 2-0 every week. The, the thing is with it is it's not 2-0 every week. They'll win 6-0 next week and then 4-0 and then 2-1. <laughs> they might lose the odd game. But with him in charge, he started to get them playing how he wants them to play. The <sighs> I love his cheekiness. He, at Manchester United, it seemed like he hated the world. Um, and I think he fell out of love with the game a little bit. But I think mm -hmm. that's because of the way Manchester City is set up. Not like Manchester City, Manchester United is set up. When you look at the managers that have fouled there so far since Ferguson has left, Moyes, okay, yeah, he went for a bit of a weird patch with United and in Sociedad and Sunderland. But arguably at Everton, solid manager. At West Ham, proving solid manager. Louis van Gaal has travelled around the world and been a, a winner in, in several different countries. Um, then Mourinho, who has won arguably everything there is to win. Still can't get it right. Now they've got Solskjaer, who everyone's saying is fantastic, but actually I would say he's doing the worst out of all of them. I, I, I feel like the Edward Woodward, whatever his name is, Woodchuck, Woodchuck Wood, whatever his that saying is, um, has ruined that club. He's ruined that club. Um, I like it. Not going to argue that point. It's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Jose Mourinho. Um, but he finished second with that team and he said that was his best achievement in all of football. And for him to say that is, is something, isn't it? You know, he's, he's won Champions Leagues. He's won Premier Leagues. He's won FA Cups. He's won League Cups. I finished second. That's my best achievement with that Manchester United team. He's gone into Tottenham. He's brought in a few players that play his way. And now look at them. Son mm -hmm. and Kane are on fire. And every time you play them, we got a result against them here. But, but that's just the, that's the West Ham way. That's what happens. Doesn't matter what's happening. That's what happens. Apart from that, I've, I will look at them as favourites for every game this season. Because they're, they're just unbelievable. And with him at the helm, with his tactics, they're going to they're, they're gonna win something. I said that. They're going to win something. Mm -hmm. Whether they win a league FA Cup double, whether they win a Champions League. Are they in the Champions League? They are in the Champions League. No, they're in Europa, yes. aren't they? 
Yes, yeah, yeah. So whether they win Europa League, whether they win a combination of them, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it now. I can see them winning the title. As much as I don't want them to, because being a West Ham fan, I can see them winning the title, and I can see them winning it quite comfortably. The thing that goes against them is, in recent years under Pochettino, they have been bottle jobs. Mourinho, I can't see him bottling it. I think he he will murder a player before they bottle it, <laughs> or if they bottle it, I should say. Uh, like he knows how to win. He knows hmm. how to win. Okay, it might not always be pretty, but he knows how to win. And there's Spurs fans that I know that love him because actually they know he can win, and they're loving it at the moment. And I know Spurs fans who hate him because oh, we play really negative. And I guarantee you, they will be cheering all the same if they lift the Premier League title. doesn't matter how they win it. Mm-hmm. If you win 1-0 every week, happy days. Yeah. Happy days. I've I got to be honest. There's, there's, um, we've, it's something that we have discussed quite frequently on this, this year, certainly, is... And you've, been, you've actually, I think, been pretty spot on obviously it's yet to be seen if it actually comes to fruition but you you have said on a number of occasions about spurs winning something this year yeah. now the the cynic in me is like yes i i hope they get reasonably far in a competition but then they have a spurs and they slip um i mean we had one of the worst seasons last year and we still managed to walk, walk away with the FA Cup, and i know there were a lot of Spurs fans that were spitting feathers because of we we had one of the worst seasons that we'd ever had, and we still won more than them. Um, but I've I've got to be honest, when when at the start of the season when we had these discussions, there was a part of me that was thinking, or the arrogant part, and <laughs> you know me, I'm not an arrogant an arrogant person. We finish above Spurs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there, there was a, a part of me that was like, yeah, right, Spurs aren't going to win shit at all. Um, they, can't, they can't even win the Audi Cup this year. And that was the attitude. Yep. Now that the tables have turned and we're, start, or we're starting to see the fruits of um, Mourinho's labour, I've got to be honest, mate, I am worrying the shit out of myself that they are going to do well this year in one if not more than one competition mm-hmm. but here's the thing they release pictures of them training and videos of them training they're playing volleyball they're playing cricket they're playing bowls they ain't playing football they play football on a saturday and they win mm-hmm. that that the the thing that's gonna if if there is a downfall to tottenham will be a loss of confidence which if they keep playing as they're playing all those players have bought into how Mourinho wants them to play you look mm-hmm. at uh, an example of that, Stephen Bergwijn for Holland, very, very attacking player. And it is one you would say is creatively, um, what's the word for it? He, he's an asset to have, but he's not always one that you'd go, oh, we haven't got enough defensive players in. We're, this is a hard game. We'll drop him because we need someone who's going to, he's tracking back like there's no tomorrow. He's quite mm-hmm. happy to play almost a wing-back role. 
he's dropping a lot further he's not getting that creative freedom that he's had previously he's not always getting forward as much he does get forward on the counter and, and whatnot when he needs to and he's got the quality there but but a player that formerly you wouldn't have said would buy into playing that way of football has bought into it wholeheartedly and it, when you get those sort of players on board where you go right buy into this philosophy and then on the counter you do as you wish and you win games and that's what he's doing and he's got everyone bought into the way that he wants to play which mm -hmm. is a scary thought you think when he come in uh, originally at chelsea everyone went who's this geezer he's won the europa league all right okay whatever and then he won three up three on the bounce didn't he you go there's something about him he is the special one he's got that magic touchback mate he's he's happy to be yeah. he's happy to and the i spoke about it before the spurs documentary I watched it and I actually really enjoyed it. It was really well made, but he's got, um, he's happy in, in the job he's in. He's backed by Daniel Levy. Um, it changed my opinion on Daniel Levy because before I would have said he, he's not necessarily the most footballing person. He's a very, very, very astute businessman and I would quite happily have him manage my, my team any day of the week. He knows how to do a deal, and you can see that by the players that have been sold and bought over the years. They've not always got them right, but they've darn well backed that team. The stadium, I would love to go and see. And as, as a West Ham fan, that stadium mm. looks the nuts. Not only because I'm a little bit of a adrenaline junkie and I want to walk on the roof, but um, that stadium is purpose-built for football and for NFL. And they've got this part, and they're constantly building and striving, and they've increased the oh, put back into the community at Tottenham as well, and, and increased the area around there. But he is a footballing person; he loves football, and I didn't really get that from him before. He's a bit of a geezer, and sometimes you think you're a bit of a numpty, aren't you? Some of the <laughs> you can imagine him being a bloke doing karaoke at two in the morning in your house when everyone else has gone home. You're like, mate, I just want to go to bed. But he seems like a good laugh. I'd quite happily have a pint with him. Uh, but it's just, yeah, with it seems like a happy place to be playing football at the moment, I suppose. Mm. Uh, providing that stays the, the case, they're going to win. They are going to win. And it pains me to say Spurs are going to win. Mm -hmm. I think if we all admit it now, it will be a lot less harsh on us when it <laughs> comes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh mate, I just—they still can't beat us, but they are going to win something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair play to that. From what they've done so far, this um, I will quite happily hold my hands up and say, uh, especially over the last couple of seasons, they've over the course of the season, they've definitely leapfrogged us in terms of the league position. Some of the times I like the football, some of the times I don't, or I very much dislike the football. Being an Arsenal fan, but. Well, the the facts don't lie. In terms of the Premier League, they have got their head screwed on more than we have. We've just been quite fortunate, I think, with uh, some of the cups that we've won. Do you um, do you think though? I mean, this is my opinion. I don't know if you agree. They've paid their dues. They paid some uh, Thursday Sunday football for a number of years. They they went for, and you could see you can when you look back on it, you can see the development of the club. They bought in players, some young, Luka Modric. Sold them on Gareth Bale. Sold them on. They bought in some old who'd been around the block. Raphael van der Vaart. Uh, Raphael van der Vaart. 
players coming toward the end of their careers and uh, and sort of the Adebayors at the end of his prime. And they brought them in and they, they took them to that Europa League level and they were solid there for a number of years. And then they had a little push. Oh, it didn't quite work out, come back. And now they've had that big push and they're there and they know what they're doing now. They've not gone like Sheffield United who went hammer and tongs last year. Did really, really well. This year it's fallen off. They've very slowly built year on year on year. They have the occasional blip, yes, but they build it year on year on year and now they're at the level they're at for a reason. It's not. It's not been a quick process. No, and I think that's some things that uh, Arsenal fans need to have a reality check about us as well, is that we we have gone from twenty twenty one years, twenty two years. Uh, it's it's a very much a, a style that was fairly consistent over his tenure, and unfortunately, the game moved. We're now seeing someone that I think could argue, arguably be seen as one of the brightest pros, prospects in management, but it's going to take a bit of time for him to embed his philosophies into the club. Yep. Uh, as you mentioned earlier with the, the whole training thing, it, it could be that the training style is a, ahead of its time. Very much like, as I said earlier, Wenger was when he came into the club, but um, there's, there's definitely going to be a transitional period for us, and I think everyone's expecting for us to be competing there or thereabouts with the likes of your cities your liverpools and it's i'm sorry it's not going to happen overnight uh, but uh, certainly yes they've um definitely moved they've paid their dues they've paid their dues yes. yeah now now can we move back to arsenal quickly i've just i've just thought something that i thought about earlier and i was like oh yes now Mikel arteta if he goes right who are you gonna replace him with who, who would you replace him? Would you go with your Pochettino, who plays a lovely style of football but doesn't quite win anything? Because I know a man who I think would thrive at Arsenal. You're going to say Allardyce, aren't you? I'm, I'm going to say Allardyce. And the reason for that, you say about training things being ahead of their time. All the analytics stuff that is in football now and, and, and clubs, viewers, that's just what it is. Sam Allardyce was the first person to use that. The Opta stats mm -hmm. that he was the first person to embrace it, uh, the analytics and the, 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 the sports science stuff. He was the bloke who brought it into football. And you look at, okay, at West Ham, did he do anything spectacular? No, he didn't. Was we ever in danger of going down? No, we weren't. Were we always solid? Yes, we was. Was it a hard game to play? Yes, it was. When you look at, like, when he did a, a Newcastle and at Bolton, Bolton's probably the, the more preferable of the two. When he had a few of those flair players, the way they played football was unbelievable. You give him a chance at a big club who's got some big players, he's going he's gonna to cause havoc. Because we were hard to beat as a West Ham team with players who should have been playing in the championship. We were mm -hmm. hard to beat. The likes of Liverpool, United, Arsenal's, Chelsea's found us hard to beat. You give him players that are quality and you get that same hard-to-beat attitude into them, Bayern Munich, right. are they hard to beat? Yes, they are. Would you try and grind out a point? Yes, that's a good result. Actually, they've got some flair players that you ain't going to get a point because we're going to score six goals. Arsenal have got that potential, but they're not hard to beat. I, I think it would be an interesting experiment, uh, but I can't see it as one that would ever ever happen um and i don't mean that disrespect 
because I think over his managerial career, whilst he's not won much in terms of trophies, some of his um, his philosophies and uh, the way he he manages players and clubs, I think, is very admirable. And it, I would love to see it. I would love to see it with a bigger club as to how he would do. But uh, honestly, mate, I think if if because he's not that key sign or the marquee signing as a manager, and I know for the likes of um, Mikel Arteta, he's he's not a marquee signing. But I think with his, but the face fits his, pedi- his pedigree and. Um, his potential. I think that's that's one of the things that got him the job. Uh, but it may be the case that we might we may see a shock uh, in in the weeks to come, depending on how future results go. However, I can't I I can't see it happening. Um, the only thing I can say is that I haven't got a Scooby Doo as to who I would put in as manager of Arsenal football. What if if he was to go? For me, it's got to be. And and I say this, I wouldn't put Pochettino with him. He plays nice football, yes. He's everyone's best mate, yes. Does that work? No, it doesn't. What did Spurs win? Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you get an entertaining brand of football, but you're happy with fourth every year again. And I think as much as Arsenal fans would be, have been quite happy with fourth for a long time, think this time you want to start winning things again you want to start winning premier league titles so for me it's got to be allardyce or sean dyche again another who's ever gone oh we've got burnley this week that's an easy three points even when they're not at full strength when they've got key injuries to their goalkeepers and both their central defenders you still don't go oh this is you go hopefully we get a point here because this this could be an upset you give sean (laughs) dyche the keys to a, to a Lamborghini, as in a Bamiyang, Lacazette, your Martinelli's of this world. It, defensively, you're going to be strong. You're going to be hard to break down. You're going to be hard to beat. But going forward, who's better, a Bamiyang or Chris Wood? A Bamiyang, every day of the week. Mm. And I think that's where Arsenal go wrong. They go, right, Arteta, actually, fantastic coach. We know that. Pep Guardiola said he's the best coach he's ever been with, best assistant manager he's ever had. His understanding of the game is unbelievable, but he's very, very fancy, and that's all going forward. What's your problem? Well, I mean, you've been stronger than you have in previous years, but going backwards, conceding goals. If you start at the back and go forward, we know you can score goals. You've got the Golden Boot winner for the last couple of years. Well, he's certainly been in that. His name's been in the hat. You've mm. got Me- Mesut Ozil. Can get more assists than anyone's ever dreamt of in one season you've got martinelli you've got saka who can pull up trees and i think are two of your biggest players three biggest players for arsenal for me saka martinelli uh gabriel you can keep hold of them and build a team around them you're onto a winner keep playing like you are i think all three of them are gone personally i think they're all gonna be snapped up but you give Sean Dyche the keys, you say to him, but let's be solid. Let's be hard to beat. And every week people dread going to Arsenal. Makes it hard to win, makes it that game no one really wants to play. And then all of a sudden, boom, let's turn it on. Let, let's go attacking because we're already hard to beat. No one wants to play us because it's a horrible game. Mm. 
I think that's the sort of manager you need, personally. Yeah. I've got a feeling that Arteta is going to be the best coach never to be a good manager. He's going to be the best assistant manager ever, but he's never going to be the best manager. I, I, I think he's going to be given until the end of the year regardless. Yeah. Um, depending, depending on what happens at the end of the season. Um, depending on where we finish, I think it's going to be... Um, I think you you finished 17th and win the Europa League. It's a good season, is it not? Because <laughs> you win the Champions yeah. League next year. No one really, no one's going to remember the league position. No. When Chelsea won the Champions League, they finished ninth. No one remembers the league position. I remember, mm-hmm. we won the Champions League that year. Yeah. No, oh, difficult, oh, difficult. It's, it's yet to be seen. I think. I've, I've, Two more transfer windows, I think, for, for me. It gives them a chance to get rid of some of the deadwood and to bring in some of the players um, that we possibly can or can't afford. But again, that's I think, uh, conversations for a later podcast. Personally, I think um, that, that you've just hit the nail on the head there with the word of the week uh, being hashtag two transfer windows. Yep. If you've made it to the longest podcast through the longest podcast ever let us know by hashtag two transfer windows in the comment section below on youtube please it's been productive it has been the longest one ever yes even our first one do you feel better about yourself though now you've you've got rid of all your I, arsenal I, stuff i feel that this, this has definitely been a, a venting for listening if you have made it this far and i appreciate you listening mate um, it's it's not very often that we are in this position, and it's certainly not a comfortable position to be in. Um, but it's it's been good to uh, to to run well, about I, certain I, things. I can com- I, I, I can compromise. I can sympathise. It's usually the other way around, mate. We're usually in that position ourselves, so yeah. I know how you're feeling. But yeah, shall we uh, shall we draw that to a close then? Let's wrap this thing up. Lovely stuff. So yeah, as um, as we said earlier, we are available uh, all various varying streaming formats for your podcasts. That's a beautiful face. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, if you go to our Twitter profiles, we've got various different social media um, platforms that we are available on via Linktree. So we've got Facebook, blah 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 blah. Um, FDTTV. Subscribe. Subscribe. Right like us. Comment. Check out our other videos. Mm. Like I said, watch out for our previews. Um, check out the, the, the Buddha belly. <laughs> but yes, thanks very much for watching. I've been Mike. I've been Ian. And we'll see you next time. Bye.